0: Welcome to the Relationship Recovery Podcast, hosted by Jessica Knight, a certified life coach who specializes in narcissistic and emotional abuse. This podcast is intended to help you identify manipulative and abusive behavior, set boundaries with yourself and others, and heal the relationship with yourself so you can learn to love in a healthy way. On today's podcast, I have... An amazing episode about the mind of the narcissist with Lee Hammock, who you probably know from TikTok, YouTube, Instagram as Mental Healness. This conversation talks about so many different aspects of narcissism, especially some of the common questions that I see come up with my individual clients. We also get into a larger conversation about the danger of narcissistic abuse and what happens. And this is something that I have not covered in my podcast before, but I think is really important. And it's really important to acknowledge how dangerous and abusive things can become. This is a really amazing episode. I would absolutely love to hear what you think. And I certainly recommend following Lee and all his links are gonna be in the show notes below. Well, thank you for being here with me.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm
0: very excited to talk to you. And so you identify yourself as the self aware narcissist.
1: One of the original self aware. One of the (laughs) one of the original. There's some other other ones popping up nowadays, but like I said, I'm one of the 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 first ones. I'm not the first self aware narcissist in the world, but like you know, just the one who started you know the TikTok. The one who started
0: talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I know from being in relationships with narcissists, but also from this work that a lot of narcissists won't even ever understand that they have a problem or that there is something going on. How did you become aware and aware enough that you wanted to actually make a change?
1: So me personally, I've always kind of been aware of who I am for a very, very long time, even since my childhood. I've always kind of just felt, for lack of a better word, kind of felt out of place. Mm-hmm. The entirety of my youth, for some reason, just I could never put a a name to it or anything like that. So I didn't know exactly what it was. I was just always just felt different. So kind of growing up, it just kept going until adulthood. You know, you just the the feeling of difference doesn't just go away. So growing up, I just still you know just wonder what was different about me, how I felt different, why I didn't feel connected to people, it's just like that. You know, so Did to- you like
0: to tell me what different felt like? Like, did you just feel like you weren't like? Did you not like care about? people like when people had emotion did you not feel anything like what did that look like
1: so i cared about people to the sort of certain extent as long as even from you i cared about people as long as they had a benefit to me in my life you know
0: mm-hmm. i just so
1: i say different the way the best way for me to describe it is just like i feel like an alien you know yeah alien in human skin i was i look like y'all i'm just not like y'all you know, at the same <laughs> time, you know? <laughs> but yeah i care about people but just like it just the lack of empathy has been kind of there for a very very long time just like people hurt themselves around me and i always thought about how the negative effect how it affected me in a negative way like a little boy fell off of like a playset beside me one day like, i'm pretty sure he broke his wrist you know that was like eight or nine years old and i just remember him just like crying and i'm just angry because everybody had to go inside <laughs> because he hurt his wrist like take him inside like that you know, yeah man, like you know. why do we all
0: have to get out of recess? Yeah, like exactly to- what my daughter would say like yeah
1: because yeah. I just remember that, and just like being angry, this is like you know, just super mad, super angry, almost inconsolably angry. But just taking that into adulthood, same thing, same the same situations apply into adulthood. Just feel like just felt out of place and different, just not connected to people and stuff like that. And I had connections, I had relationships, but they just. I always didn't feel it. Just felt like everybody in my life had to serve a purpose. It was just no like platonic friend. Like, hey, you my friend. You know, it was you had to serve a purpose in my life. Like, we had to work together and be cool at work. You know, if you work together, you had to have a be a good conversation partner and things like that. Whatever it was, you know. But just finding out about narcissism, it just occurred when I was about, um, so I'm 37 years old now. So it's was about when I was 31 years old. Me and my wife we got into a, an argument and. You know, she screamed at me before she left, and she called me a narcissist. Said, it's so hard. It's so damn hard to live with a narcissist. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Narcissist, you know, just in my day, in my day, just <laughs> narcissist to me, back then as of 2017, it was just like conceited, cocky people, you know, just cocky, conceited people or whatever, people who just like were full of themselves. So I was just like, okay, cool. I'm, I, I can't help. You know, of course, I'm throwing insults, back. Like I can't help yeah. find look. you know, just like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she left. You know, so I was just like, of course, I called her a narcissist too. But I like, was she just going to ask
0: yeah. you that. Like,
1: did you respond, yeah. no, you're the narcissist? No, yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, narcissist? What the, you're a narcissist. You know, yeah. Like, he left. This is before I even knew it was a person I had the disorder. So when she left, I was, of course, I was stewing angry, sitting in the house. I was just like, why can't yeah, she call me this? All the insults she could have hurled at me. She threw this word at me. Yeah, she threw this N-word at me, you know? So I'm just like, I get on my phone, I Google narcissist, you know, how, you know, Google autofills gives you suggestions. I put in narcissist in Google and it's just like, did you mean narcissistic personality disorder? I'm like, wait, I didn't mean that, but you know, just, yeah, let's, yeah, let's dance, you know? <laughs> so I get on there and I find out I do the deep dive into narcissism, the personality disorder and the traits and the signs and symptoms. And i was just like, wow, this is me. You know, I'm just like, wow, this is actually me. This makes sense as to who I, what I've been doing my entire, the entirety of my life it makes sense now because of all this, but because of everything that's been going on, like this absolutely makes sense to me. And it's just kind of like provided that clarity as to why I behaved and felt, you know, I, was, you know, I wasn't there. I was an alien. I was a human. I was just disordered. Like who, mm-hmm. you know, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, yeah, I am a narcissist. When she, you know, she's like, wow, you said that you are? I'm like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. Like, I don't, I'm just not a narcissist. I'm like, I have a personality disorder. I, I see this. I agree with it. I'm not pushing back on you. I didn't ask her that she still had those messages 'Cause she yeah. you know, she's one of the women that say like literally every single thing. Yeah. She pulled out something from 2018 the other day to correct me.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> she's like nope, this is what you did. I'm like,
0: Wait. well, that's what that's what she had to do to learn to be with you. Cause she probably would have said, like, no, I didn't say it. <laughs> and I did
1: not did she showed me. So yeah. I was like, well, I guess I did say yeah.
0: it.
1: You <laughs> yeah. Know? I'm pretty sure I, I need to ask her because she showed me something from twenty eighteen. This happened in twenty seventeen. So I don't know if she switched phones or Apple deleted it or whatever. Cause I because she showed me the other day that I had took she sent, I sent her a screenshot of one of that little online narcissist test. I was like, I'm going to take this yeah. test to be honest with it. And I sent it to her. It was like 36 or 38 out of 40, something like that. I was like, Woof. I was like, yeah. yikes. Was like, I'm going to work on it though. You know, that's all you can do. There's no okay. cure. You look online, there's no cure for it or whatever. And then I didn't even know about, you know, the soul, social media So I didn't know about narcissistic abuse or none of that stuff. I was just trying to raise awareness for the personality disorder to, to get men into the therapy and then just kind of manifest it into what it is. It's kind of ballooned into what it's ballooned into right now you know it sounds
0: like you were pretty open to see it though you know and i think that for the people that i've been with like they've definitely it's almost like it bounces off to them like and i've never said like you're a narcissist you should deal with this i've said like like this is abuse and like you know this is what i'm seeing and this is what's going on and then they're like no it's not you're the abuser what helped you i guess be open to that open to looking inside of yourself were you ready, like in a personal development phase? Were you looking at yourself or was it her leaving? Like what helped that? So her
1: leaving was one of the, I think when people see me still married and in my relationship to the same person, they think it was all her or mostly her, or she was like the mitigating factor for me to become this. Mm -hmm. So even before I met her, I had already been doing a lot of personal development. You know, I've been doing personal development for about, like I said, at that point in time, since I was 20 years old. So I've been doing Tony Robbins and you know Les Brown and Zig mm-hmm. Ziglar and Jim Rohn. I had been doing all of that stuff since I was 20, 21 years old. So I already had a decade of doing that stuff, like reading and trying to do personal development, thinking Grow Rich. I was already doing that stuff for a very long time. So I was already into, you know, morphing my mind and being accepting so change and growth and stuff like that. So when narcissism was presented to me, it was just like, this is just another growth opportunity, you know? Yeah. Like, let me defeat this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That no,
1: sounds silly, but let me, de- either I'm going to defeat narcissistic personality disorder or I'm going to become the world's best narcissist. It's like one way or the other. And this is yeah. me. And this is me in 2017, 2018. This is what I was saying you know, to myself, to my therapist. I was like, either I'm going to defeat this, which she, I don't think she agreed. I was, she knew I'm going to defeat it. But, or I'm going to be the world's best narcissist. Like and She told me, she's like, you know you how delusional that sounds? I'm like, yeah, that's part of, isn't that part of narcissism? delusion? Yeah. you know? You're like, I'm
0: like, I'm going to be the narcissist that ends narcissism. Yeah,
1: I'm going to be like the, the savior of narcissists or whatever, you know. But it's, I was already open to receiving that, you know, and going to therapy and stuff like that because I had already been working on myself for 10 years previously. So I had already been doing personal development. So, you know, Tony Robbins and all that stuff, the, all that good stuff, that's personal development that's catered towards the audience mass audiences you know Mm -hmm. everybody can get something from tony robbins but i feel like therapy for me is just personal development that's catered towards me my therapist is like my own personal you know tanya robbins woman um so she's you know (laughs) she caters stuff towards me and helping me personally you know so that's why i'm so open to receiving it i think a lot of people even the younger you know self-aware narcissists around her that are popping up or whatever And they have been on this kind of journey of trying to figure out who they are as well, like growth and stuff like that. So I feel like that helps, you know? I feel like you also feel like, this is not me me being braggadocious, I feel like you have to have a certain level of intellect to Mm -hmm. be self-aware and to absorb who you are and to fight against your own tactics and behaviors. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like you can't be stupid and be a self-aware narcissist. I just feel like that makes you worse. Oh, I'm a narcissist. I'm going to be worse, you know? I just feel like that helps out a lot as well. I'm not the smartest person, but, you know, I'm not
0: stupid. Yeah. And uh, and also, you know, I, what I hear from you too, is like, there's a part of you that like saw it almost as a challenge. It sounds like that, like, oh, bomb this, I'm going to figure it out. And like you said, I'm either going to be the best narcissist out there or I'm going to defeat it. Yeah. Were you, were you already in therapy when you figured that out? Like, did you go to your therapist and say, I looked online and I think I have this, or did you see it and then decide to go into therapy to explore it?
1: Uh, I can read you my first email for, to my therapist. I, said, I sent on Psychology Today. Oh, awesome. Uh, I can scroll back. It's under therapy. <laughs> I <Yeah>. just <laughs> therapy in my Google, and it pops up. So in October 11, 2017, it says, Hi, just wanted to see about possible counseling. I'm 99.5% certain that I have narcissistic personality disorder. And since becoming aware of it, it's become almost unbearable. Constant inner battle every day is tiresome and exhausting. And that's the first thing I said to her. So I already knew I was a narcissist Why I even went into therapy, you know? Yeah. So I just tell people I, I already knew I was already open to being that, right? There was no pushback on me going, I'm not a narcissist. You know, I went in there, I knew who I was. And I think there's people, you know, and she, even she said it, she was like, what made you think you're a narcissist? Like, I know I am. It's just like, and I just described myself. She was like, okay, stop. You know? Yeah. Hey, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> like, that's enough. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, okay, we go, we'll get there. It's too much. You know, do you
0: remember what made it unbearable at that time to be um, inside your own head?
1: Be inside your own head and be aware of it. Because it's kind of like you go back in time and start looking at the stuff that I've done and realize that it was me, but it was also not me at the same time. It was like I was on autopilot. It was yeah. like I was a copilot. I was there. I was conscious of the stuff that I was doing, but it's like I wasn't in control of it. I was there. I was consciously making those decisions, but it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Something was guiding me to do that. You know, it's kind of like if you look at it from the uh, like a ghost. Like, it's a mm-hmm. if you like, some people can see stuff, see spirits. Like, there's a spirit like over my back, like treating me like yeah. something. You know, that type of stuff, right? There, and it would become almost unbearable because it just felt like I was doing some bad stuff, and just to see me doing it from a different perspective is kind of like you know, it was horrible at the same time. But then my mind would automatically start to readjust and fight back against those thoughts. And be like, no, it was their fault. They did this. They deserved what you did to them. I was like, oh, you know, so it's just like it was unbearable just like existing at the same time. It's just like the narcissistic part of me has always been there, but it's kind of been in the background controlling things, whereas I, my own conscious present self am also there. But now I acknowledge the narcissistic part exists. So it's just kind of like, you know, but people say they hear voices. I hear I don't hear a voice. Is my voice. It's me talking to me. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't hear, it's not a, a secret voice. It's not like a little girl voice or something like that, or some big boisterous man It's actually me, you know, mm-hmm. talking to me. So it's just like nothing, nothing different. It's just me talking to me. It's like a super ego. It, it really is just me. It's this idealized version of me in my head that is um, making me do this type of stuff. And that's always make me do bad stuff. I do good things as well. It's just like do this right here. You know, the super ego kind of guides me on, on social media because I'm, Naturally, I'm shy and bashful. I don't get in front of, I don't like getting in front of the camera and I don't like being in big groups of people or stuff like that. So the superego kind of kicks in and it's just like, no, do this, you know, it'll make you feel mm-hmm. better. So it does that. So it's kind like, of like, well, lack of a better word, I have to negotiate with myself, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> do you Do And do you feel like, I mean, I'm sure it's gotten like a bit easier over time. It's been years now at this point. And so, but do you still grapple with that almost every day?
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah. Every single day, I tell people, like, I used to have this, even before nar- before therapy and stuff like that. Like I said, I always know I was different. Mm-hmm. I just go, I went on my Facebook and I put a status on there. It's like almost a decade ago. It's just like, sometimes I wake up, every day I wake up and battle my demons. Sometimes they win and sometimes I do. And I just put that because I was feeling that one day. I was just like, I just don't feel in control every day. Some days I don't feel like it's me running me, but I'm me. I always kind of known it has existed. You know, when I start talking like that. People was like, well, Lee, that's the mm-hmm. devil. He, he's guiding you you know that's the the, the jezebel spirit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know i hear that a lot though um but that's the way it goes right there you know so i'm I'm, like i said me right now i still struggle with it and battle with it now even now so i feel like people would think it would be easier because i'm self-aware now i think it's harder yeah you know? i think it's harder now because when i was just coming up on social media because like this social media stuff has only been I started my TikTok in May of 2020, so this is I'm 37 years old. So I had 35 previous years of just being me and existing, kind of like I was not, not big in my own area. I was a pretty pretty successful real estate agent, and you know, people in my office knew me. People in that in, yeah. that in that sector knew who I was. But now it's just kind of like I like to kind of move. I kind of like I'm not the type of person like more covert sometimes. Like I like to kind of move in silence, but do I kind of like to do big things in silence? But I can't do it yeah. anymore. So it's just like everything I do is big in his own line or whatever now what it seems so it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a struggle sometimes
0: yeah yeah well that's interesting yeah i mean i think i really resonate that just like with that on a personal level like i definitely definitely somebody who like i process all these things inside you know and like mm-hmm. i need a lot of alone time to like regulate myself And when i don't have that and like you're in front of a lot of people all the time yeah. in different capacities so so just like piggyback off that one of the things that I think it's a very clear message in a lot of your videos is that a narcissist is not going to change. And I'm sure some people like watch your videos and they feel a little conflicted because they're like, well, he changed, but that's still your message. Right. And so, and I think that's my message too. Why does a narcissist not change?
1: So, because when I tell people like they see my message and it's conflicting because I exist, I tell people (laughs) I have like, in my core, I'm still the same exact person. My behaviors, I, I exhibit it have been altered because i've been working on myself for x amount of years for a couple almost two decades now but you know personalized therapy for five years so i tell people in that situation that's how typically how i've been doing it you know so i don't think narcissistic people can change who we are at our core but can the behaviors be altered with a lot of help yeah i just feel like that's who i am right now like said, i just don't tell i don't say that out loud to people because people i say like yeah narcissists can change how many people's lives would that ruin if I said that? You know what I mean? If I just came mm-hmm. out and was like, you know what? I ain't changed. Narcissists can change too. You know, how many yeah. people's lives like, you know, what? I was on the way out. But Lee Hamlet, the self for narcissist, he said he changed. So let me get this abusive, toxic-ass person one more chance. And they end up losing their life or something like that because I said it online. You know? Yeah. But I get a because when I don't, because I try to lead through my actions. Like, you see how I got to this point was through my therapy, was through me working on myself. And a lot of other people see that. A lot of other narcissists see that and see me doing it and they think i'm attacking narcissists like i first i just don't bother me it's just like you know but they just don't understand the dynamics of what i'm doing like hey guys narcissists can change how many people like like lee you're just turning your back on narcissists you said you wanted to help narcissists people I, I i help a lot of narcissists i do talk to narcissists people all the time like literally yeah i get a slew of messages from narcissists people just like you know what i didn't realize i was toxic until i saw those videos you know but I do get a lot of hate from other narcissistic people that just think I'm out here just spraying the mis- spreading misinformation and somehow adding to the stigma that exists that all narcissists are horrible people. It's like, how do I do that? You know, I know I do my skits and stuff like that to draw toxic behaviors, but my existence shows you that if you go to work on yourself, you might can live a better, more healthier life. You know what I mean? But people don't see that. Of course, narcissists don't see that because they only see things in, in black and white. They don't see, they don't think outside the box because I just feel like some of them are just kind of unevolved to the point where they see that. You yeah know, I've made ten thousand videos online. Have you ever made me see me make one video attacking any narcissistic creator owner ever? I don't. They talk joke about me. I don't make videos about that. I'm just like, cool. I understand what you're coming from. You know, do I like it? No, it gets on my nerves. But again, I understand my message is not going. Re- it reaches the people it's supposed to reach. Right. If you see my message, the first thing you do is get angry. You're not supposed. Who is supposed to reach? You know I me. Mean? If anger is your response to me. You're the person supposed to, whose feelings are supposed to be hurt by my message, mm-hmm. you know, to resonate with you to go get you some help. Yeah. If you see my stuff and you're like, damn, it hurt my feelings. My hurt, it hurt me a little bit. You know, because how do you get people to change their behaviors? Okay, guys, go be nice to the narcissist that's treating you horribly. <laughs> be nice to them. See what happens. Like, are they going to change because you're being nice to them? No. Are, you, are they going to change their behavior because you're coddling them? Hell no. Why would they? You yeah. Now you become an enabler. Hey, you're a narcissist. I'm going to love you through it regardless. You don't need to go get help. I love you. You know, get me, mm-hmm. you can get help if you want to. I'm going to live you through it. No, it, it doesn't work that way. So I understand the dynamic. What caused me to get to what point I would, where I'm at right now? Rock bottom. Pain. Hurt. It wasn't pleasure. If you're getting pleasure, why would you change your situation when you're getting pleasure? You know did your mean?
0: wife leave for a while? Like, did you have like that? Uh,
1: she left a couple of times. Uh, I tell yeah. my story. I think people think she only the once. one. She left a couple of times, you know. But she left in 2017. And that's when I started going to therapy. So yeah. I joined some self-aware narcissist Facebook groups when she left, when she came back um, in 2017. But I think she left again, maybe 2019, 2018, 2019. But then she left for good in uh, <laughs> like March of 2020. And I've been in therapy the whole time. That's what I tell people, like, therapy is not the end. I've been in therapy for five years. She left twice since that time. You know what I mean? So I was just like, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's just It just can help curb some of the behaviors. But it's still there. The behaviors are still there. You just try to curb them and work on them.
0: Yeah. Well, I really, I mean, I really appreciate you being so open about it because it just shows like how much work that you do and like how much work anyone would have to do to actually overcome this. Right. And a lot of people are not willing to do that. Like you clearly, you have that willingness and you have that willingness and you also have like the humility to like look inside and say, I don't like what I see inside. So I'm going to stay here. But I think a lot of narcissists would just say, nope, that's not happening.
1: So I still don't like what I see inside right now, being honest, being fully honest with you, but it's still, you know, it still makes me go for it. It gives me something to look forward to because a lot of people ask me, like, "Do you want to be cured? Are you can. You think you can get rid of it?" I just feel like if I set a goal to be cured and rid of narcissistic personality disorder, that would be a debilitating goal because I don't think it can be done. That was like, I'm never going to get cured, so I'm going to be pain, pain my whole life. No, I just want to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. And that's, for me, that's enough. You know, for a lot of people, they look for, you know, it's like do a narcissist test. They look for zero presence narcissism. Like it's a blood test or something like that. You know, just like, you know, cut your finger and bleed on, the bleed onto yeah. the slide right here. You know, let me look under the microscope. No narcissist genes detected. You're cured. Yeah. You know, it don't work that way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Lee, you're, yeah. you're a twin, right? Yes. Yeah. Is, does your twin have NPD? No. mm that's interesting. So he has,
1: st- he has his own stuff going on. He has his own stuff going on, like battle, no, mental stuff going on. But he's not yeah. you know what
0: I mean? Got it. That's interesting. So when you say no, like, I mean, this is your message, but this is also like everybody else's message. This is my message about the no contact. Like, what is the, from, I guess, like the point of view from the narcissist, like, what does the no contact do to you?
1: No contact is loss of control. It's loss of Everything. Well, no contact hurts. <laughs> yeah. People ask me, I've done a few videos on no contact on my YouTube channel, but no contact hurts. You know, It's painful because now it's just like, you go from all this to absence to no talking at all. It's just like in a lot of narcissistic people's minds, when you go no contact with them, you're automatically trying to replace them, especially in the relationship. It's like, if you're not with me, then you automatically have to be with somebody else because I know that's what I probably would do. Mm-hmm. You know, So I'm basing my assumption on what I would do. And how I will live my life. So I do that right there. And I tell people, I'm just like, yeah, it hurts narcissistic people when you go no contact. But, like, your goal shouldn't be to hurt them. The goal should be to help you heal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do a lot of videos entitled uh, How to Hurt a Narcissist. And people think I'm on there talking about, like, you know, a, go to the, you know, King Arthur's court and pull out Excalibur from the stone and stab him with it. No, I'm just, I'm just like, you move on. You live your life the way you're supposed to live it, as safely as possible. Because some people won't let you go there easily. Yeah. No contact seems easy. Just block them just block them just, so just, just eliminate. So hard.
0: Things. Yeah.
1: You know? Some yeah. Some people are dangerous. They'll pop up at your job, pop up at your house and stuff like that. I talked to a woman very I talked to a woman today, which is why I went over. <laughs> why, mm-hmm. you know, why, we, why we got started late. And she, you know, her person popped up at her house. Yeah. Recently. He left her for somebody else. and she went to try to go no contact and he popped up at her house. You know, nobody went to the door. They saw him on the camera. Nobody went to the door. And then a couple of days later, he's in the hospital trying to unalive himself. You know, and guess what the first thing he did when he woke up from his unconsciousness, called her and told her, like, you know what I why I did it. I told him I was going to do it to myself because I went to my ex-girlfriend's house and the meeting didn't go the way I wanted to. So I just, I just thought that was going to be it for me. I was like, that man lying. I was like, that's how horribly evil that person is.
0: I had so a very you, similar like, thing happen, actually. Yeah.
1: Just to yeah. use that to make you feel like you are responsible for keeping him alive now. You know, yeah. I was like, that's so evil. And yeah, do people fall for it? Yeah, people fall for it all the time because they don't understand the dynamics of emotional manipulation that you love and you care about. And it's easy for me to say this on this side of it because I'm the person, I, I wouldn't do that personally, but like I'm the person, who, the, the person who would be doing that. You know, just like, you know what? My life is over. I'm going to go yeah. do it. But I also seen another story. Very recently, I'm going to do a video on this. Probably won't be today. Probably be tomorrow where a man was threatening to do, that, to do that to himself, send a video of himself wrapping a belt around his own neck to his girlfriend because she didn't want to talk to you with no contact. And guess what guess what ended up happening to her in a couple weeks ago? He found her in Food Line's park a lot and he took a knife and ended her existence in front of her wow. kids. Wow. So people are crazy as hell. So go no contact. Don't just go no contact. Go no contact with safety and like out. Yo, when you are done, be done. Stop going back and forth to these people because the more and more you go back, the more dangerous they become the more obsessed they can become. You know, yeah. it doesn't take a while to become obsessed with you, but like the more and more you do the back and forth game the more obsessive people can become. And when they become obsessed with you, they think that you, they think you belong to them and they will take you off of this planet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you say that because I had a conversation about no contact with a client this week. And it was it was like you said, like focus on like, well, we're keeping her safe, <laughs> keeping her regulated, keeping yes. her, you know, and they were on opposite coasts actually. And he was planning on coming to like the coast that she's on. And I was like, no, like, you don't start contact. Like what you do is you plan to call the police if he actually shows up at your apartment. Like you live in an apartment. You don't have to yep. let him in. He shows up. You need to be prepared. And that's what we talked about because I was like, this is just, if he's going to go that far to fly across country, we need to be prepared. It doesn't mean open contact with him. This yeah. isn't an act of love. That's
1: you the exact on opposite you, nine you need times. to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. I was just telling people like, the more you go back and forth to narcissistic, toxic people, Whatever label you want to plot to them, the more dangerous they can become. I promise you, because the more ownership contingent they think they can become. Like I said, I just talked um, you know, I've been doing this my coaching thing for about it's been, it'll be two years. In like April, mm-hmm. i talked to thousands of people, and some some of them don't make it. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear these stories. You know, a woman messaged me on Facebook, and I was meant to see this message. I have an autoresponder on my Facebook. Um, cause I get a lot of messages. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be on Facebook, and that message came through. I was like, oh. She was like, hey, Lee, I don't even follow you. My friend did. And she said she was in your live very recently, like a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, whatever. I do mm-hmm. a lot of lives. She's like, she asked you a question in your life and you responded to her. She told you her situation and you responded to her. And you said, yeah, your husband or whoever is extremely dangerous and you keep messing with this and you keep going back and forth with this person. He's going to probably send you to meet God. You know how, how I say it. And she messaged me. like, yeah, yeah. He said that she went to meet God early. So and they investigate it now, they don't know if he did it or what happened to her, but like she passed away abruptly. Yeah. And they're investigating. So I just tell people, just like, it's a dangerous game to play this. And I know people then people tell me that's like, but I love them so much. I'm like, love is not enough, yeah. I don't like I know the trauma bond exists. I know this codependency stuff exists. I understand this dynamic. But love is not worth your life. I promise you. It's just not. The toxicity is not worth it. I understand some people can get addicted to the toxicity. Some people like the back and forth stuff. You know, I just tell people, it's just way more serious because your life is on the line. It's just not your your heart. It's your actual life. Or just on the line with this back and forth a lot of times. I don't think they'll hurt me. You don't, what? What I've learned, the one of the main lessons I've learned from doing this so long now is just like, I don't put anything past anyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think they'll hurt me. Now they're jail for taking your life. Right. Now they own trial for taking your life. I don't put anything past anyone protect yourself
0: yeah yeah I think you know and I know mental abuse is so hard for people that haven't experienced it to like actually understand that it's real and like how damaging it could be yes but that obviously happens like before it gets physical like 99 probably percent of the time and I remember I had one partner he would throw things next to me but not at me and that was like one of those things that I was like no like Mm -hmm. no because like like,
1: he was throwing that at you
0: yeah (laughs) Well, like, like yeah. <laughs> no, he was yeah.
1: throwing it at you. Like, if, he, if he wanted to send another message, you could just throw it behind him. Right? He should just slam something the right. in the floor. If they throw it in your direction, they're just trying to intimidate you even more. You know, exactly. It could have been you. you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. From the narcissistic abuse standpoint, why do you think that the hoovering happens and, like, the situations like this happen? Like, the, you know, the first example you gave me, this guy, like, left the girl for another woman, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, back at the house trying to get in. What causes that? Like, why uh, do they do that?
1: Because what, in her specific example, because I follow her on Instagram, I see her posting her happiness and her growth. Because she has stopped posting on Instagram like for a while, but now she's posting the Instagram videos. That, like she's a dan- like a professional dancer. She she's kind of dancing, kind of provocatively, just being experienced, just being free. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a day after that video goes, up, at her house Sometimes they just don't want. To, they like, like I was saying earlier. Sometimes they think you belong to them. No, it's just mm-hmm. not narcissists that do that. But it's just toxic people in general they think you belong to them. Yeah. So they don't want to see you with anybody else. Even if they have somebody else, they don't want to see you with anybody else. I like to use the kind of the, uh, most people have seen Toy Story. Um, the Toy Story analogy like Woody and Buzz, you know. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, Andy's the narcissist. Like little boy Andy's the narcissist. <laughs> Woody is his main supply, his main source. Yeah. You know, he loves Woody to the death. But guess what? The new supply comes in the picture. Buzz Lightyear. He doesn't get rid of Woody. He puts Woody in a toy chest so nobody yeah. else can play with Woody. But he's playing with Buzz. Buzz is shiny and new. So but if you know, anybody tries to mess with Woody, <laughs> Andy yeah. Andy jumps on there. You see what I'm saying? Andy's sister comes in to try to mess with Woody. No, nope, 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 leave Woody alone. Nobody else yeah. can play with it. You see what I'm saying? Same dynamic applies with a lot of narcissistic people. That you're still mine no matter what. I don't care if I have butts like your Woody's my name was about a, my name is on Woody's foot. So mm-hmm. you know, that type of dynamic right there. They think you belong to them, so they don't want to see you go over to anybody else. And they so a lot of times they think they love you, but it becomes this weird obsession
0: yeah you know, well that was weird. actually one of my questions so i'd like you to unpack that a bit of like do they actually love you
1: so i mean me, truly i do believe that some narcissistic people have the capability of loving you that's just my perspective a lot of people push back on that leap you lost me there nope they're demons you can't love no heart you can't love without heart like i get that a lot you know <laughs> tin man you know the tin man from uh yeah <laughs> from the wizard of oz but i just like me personally just from my own experience like i have Every person I've love bombed, I thought I was in love with. That was my person. I feel like that was the person I wanted to be with, like my other part, my, you know, mm-hmm. biblically. That's I'm Adam. They're Eve. They're they're my rib. You know, they were made for me. That type of stuff right there. So that's why I was giving them all this stuff. I was love bombing them, you know, you because know, I thought this is the perfect person for me. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, what happens when you're dealing with a lot of narcissistic people, that this idealized image, this perfect image they have of you, somehow it gets shattered. And then the love is kind of taken away. It's like the love becomes extremely, extremely conditional yeah. because they view you differently. They try to treat you differently as well because they view you differently. It's like you lied to me about who you were, but you can lie to me about who, unless you actually lied to me, but you didn't lie about who, to me about who you were. I created this image of you in my head that I thought was perfect that you can never live up to. A lot of people ask me, like, how can I extend this time period, the love bonding period? Like, you can extend it, but it's just for me. I just feel like there's an emotional expiration date on most relationships with narcissistic people. Mm -hmm. Like sooner or later, the emotional part of it is going to expire. Maybe not the physical part. They might still stay with you, but they might, they might get rid of you emotionally, but they don't get rid of you physically. Yeah. So a lot of times they do that. So once the idealized image, this love bombing image they have of you gets shattered for whatever reason, you know, you can tell them something about your past you can gain a little weight. You can lose a little weight. You can cut your hair, something, you can say something smart to them. You can set a boundary, whatever it is that sets it off. It sets it off it's like a mirror, a mirror being shattered. And then like the mirror, not only does the mirror shatter, it cuts, it cuts that narcissistic person. So then they want vengeance on you. So then they treat you badly because they feel like you lied to them.
0: So I guess in the same way that in that love bombing phase, like we also make an idea of who they are and almost make it up in our heads. Like, you yes. know, I've, I've definitely been, like, like I've spent so many relationships trying to get back to that three-month period of, like, yes. at the beginning, it was this, and it was this, and it was this, yeah, right? Months, when, like, you made months, all these, like, perfect. yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, the world was perfect. You were perfect. Like, no. but so you're saying that they kind of do that for to us, too. Mm-hmm.
1: The same thing happens. I think the same thing happens on the other side of the spectrum. On the other side of the dynamic, when you're dealing with a narcissistic person, they see you as this perfect per- person for us. But somehow it gets shattered. And we don't want to get it back. We Mm -hmm. are angry. You want to get it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm angry with you. I want to punish you for lying to me, for misleading me. So I put all this time, effort, energy into you and you for what? Because you're not who I thought you were.
0: In that case, like you would want me to be different. Yeah. Okay.
1: But you can't be different enough because now it's gone. The image has been shattered. You can't put it. Right.
0: There's more different. Like it's every time I'm different, there's more different. Yeah. Yeah. Can you
1: put a piece of, can you put, can you put a piece of shattered glass back together perfectly and make it look (laughs) I don't know if that's possible. A mirror, can you repair this mirror? It's been broken into a thousand pieces. I don't think you can repair that correctly. It's like a a forever jigsaw puzzle. Visual never Now I tell the people, you want to get it back on the other side of the dynamic. You, the person dealing with the narcissistic person, you want to get it back. You know what I mean? that three-month period was blissful you know you want to yeah. get it back and you spend a lot of time trying to work to get it back changing who you are changing what you do because you know this person has the potential to treat you good i know it's in there you just got to find how to get it back out but you can't get it back out because now it's gone because yeah. it works weird like that And that 90 that 30 days the, 30, the three months i think they actually did some studies where it says it takes about 90 days to actually get to know somebody who they really are so that three-month period is kind of right in line with <laughs> <laughs> with the, how long it takes to actually get to know somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I forgot where I saw it, but I remember it might have been Mark Grove said something like, if someone is convinced they want to marry you after a week of knowing you, there's, there, <laughs> that's that, that's yeah. how you know it's crazy. That's not yeah. enough time, you know, to yeah. understand anything. Like you may think this sounds like love, but this is, yeah. that's not. But the, there's
1: is. always going to be somebody in the comment section or something like that. Just like, well, we got married in one week and we're still together. 10 years ago, yeah. three kids. I'm so happy. You know, just like, and people see it one comment, like, girl, you do. You. Just,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, exception, not the rule.
0: Right.
1: People, people make it feel like they are the rule. Like, well, I got married in one week and I didn't feel great. You know, it's just kind of wild. It's yeah. Close my mind about it, but that's how it goes.
0: I often hear people say, well, they say to me that they want to revenge the narcissist, like, they want to get them back, they want them to hurt. And, you know, obviously, like, my job as a coach is to help them see what's going on for them and not like what's what that is. But I hear it so often. So I was wondering what you thought about that concept, like revenge on the narcissist. Obviously, from what we've talked about so far, we know that that's not going, that's not a thing.
1: For me, it is a thing though. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with the narcissist. It has everything to do with you. So it ties into what you said, what you tell your people. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with the narcissist. It has everything to do with you living your life to the fullest extent possible. Because typically when you get into these relationships with toxic people, you end up sacrificing a lot. You might drop out of school. You might move here. You might do this. You might do that. So, you know, they can't tell you. They tell you you can't do this. You can't go with your friends. You can't go back to school. You can't mm-hmm. do this. You got to do it. There's a lot of restrictions placed on you. The way you get vengeance on this person is to just live outside those restrictions. Live your life to the fullest extent. You know, like how to hurt a narcissist, how to get vengeance on the narcissist. It's the same thing. Live your life to the fullest extent while simultaneously blocking them and going no contact. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it a lot of people are just like, I don't want to hurt them. I'm, I'm an empath. But I don't want to hurt them. Like, it ain't about hurting them. It's about you growing. Your growth would inevitably hurt that person in a certain type of way. You know, like, I don't want to cause them pain. Just, and I'm just like, okay, Yeah. Yeah. Everybody doesn't want to seek vengeance and I understand that dynamic. But the best way to do it is like, living well is the best revenge. I've seen mm-hmm. that. pop. I've seen that time before and that's absolutely true. Like, living well is absolutely the best revenge. Well, I, Lee, I see them living, they're living so great with a new supply. I don't know what to do. I'm just like, not turn off the narcissist TV. I call it the narcissist boob too. Turn it off, flip the TV off. Stop watching it. I'm pretty sure people were watching your relationship thinking you had a good life. You know what I mean? Thinking you. all were just perfect together. Oh,
0: totally. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, you had the best relationship. And I'm like, oh, yeah. did I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Optics from the outside looking in is different than the, outside, the inside looking out. Yeah. Optics. Optics mean a lot to people. So to tell people, it's just like, if you're not watching it, it doesn't, it can't hurt you if you're not watching it. Yeah. It'll be in your mind. It'll be in the back of your mind. I wonder what they're doing right now. You know what I mean? but I understand the dynamic. Don't you, know, when you look at this type of stuff, sometimes you just, you just re traumatizing yourself, hurting yourself, you know, just got engaged. Now you hurt yourself, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, so you touched on the narcissistic supply and that was a question I wanted to ask, like the new supply, right? So often people will leave or a narcissist will leave someone and then there is somebody else or yeah. like that. And then, The way that it's worded to me for my clients is like, oh, they're going to, what if I went through all the pain and now they're going to be somebody different? And like, I know from my history that that's not true. You know, I've seen like this happen, but why is that actually not true? Like, why are they not like immediately changed for this new? So
1: so I would say perspective wise, they do immediately change, but it's not the change that you think it is, you know, they immediately change to mirror and copy the new person to fit that new person. Just like they changed their tactics and dynamics to be with you, they're changing their tactics and dynamics to be with the other person, to be with the new supply. I'm changing myself to be with this new person. You know what I mean? Because when I left, and then believe my son's mom, my current wife I'm married to now was my new supply. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's funny how that works out. But they, you know, my son's mom is a black woman. My wife is a white woman. So it's just kind of like they are opposite in so many different ways. It's crazy. So I fit. I'm morphing into this other person. I, I'm listening to country music. I'm doing all this other stuff. You know, Luke Bryan, my favorite artist right now. You know, I was listening to Usher. <laughs> I, was, yeah. uh, I, was, I was from Usher to Luke Bryan. So you see how the dynamic works. I just become somebody different. I'm still the same person. I haven't changed in that aspect. In my core, like I said, the roots are still the same. You know, yeah. the, tree, the leaves change like the seasons. You know, the, the leaves are green, but when fall comes, they change colors. Same thing. It's still the same tree. The yeah. roots are still the same. It's still in the same ground. Nothing that the tree didn't pick his roots up. And you know, this is not Lord of the Rings with the the the, int, the mm-hmm. int moot, where they, the trees are walking around fighting. They are still here. The the roots are still planted the same. It's just like the leaves have changed. It's still the same person. Yeah, you know, they just express the traits externally differently to fit the next person. So it does look different. They do look like a changed person. Why wouldn't they? You are not the same as you are unless y'all are twins and have the same genetic components and like same likes and dislikes. The new person is going to be different than you are. So yeah. they're going to change to fit the new person. I tell you, know, one of my friends said her dude was a, a couch surfer. He was just like laying on the couch or whatever. And the person he, le- he left for was a, an avid hiker. Now he out there ro- running up mountains and, and stuff like that, you know, on cloud running shoes and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and tank tops. So he ch- like, now he's playing the guitar and all kinds of stuff. Like he picked up different stuff because she's like going to country bar. Like I said, mm-hmm. they're going to pick up the qualities and traits of the next person. And yeah. It's going to look different to, to you because now you don't recognize the person. The vessel mm-hmm. is still the same, but the internal, the vessel is still there. You know, it's just hard watching somebody. You don't know them anymore, you know, but the vessel is still the same. It's just the inner are kind of kind of switched up a little bit.
0: So it's interesting because I think that if that friend of yours was a client of mine, they would say, why are they doing it for them and not for me?
1: Because at the, near the end, like I said, it was, you feel like you lied to me. I mean, it goes back to the whole devaluation part mm-hmm. or the idolization ends. I feel like you lied to me about who you were. So I'm not going to give you what you want anymore. Why would I do that?
0: Okay. So from love bombing, when it goes to idealization and then the devaluing, it's the, the love like... love
1: bombing okay. and idealization are the, the, it's kind of the same stage.
0: Okay.
1: Once that ends, you go to devaluation where they start to take it away from everything. You know, the love bombing stops and ends, stuff like that. And then the discard happens or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So devaluation the phase, they're not going to give you everything you want to need. But if they're love bombing someone else, they're going to give the person what they want to need. Typically, it's what you wanted to need it because they know it works on people. You know, yeah. maybe y'all have the same interest. Oh, you like the same type of car? Oh, the same dog name, you know, the same pets, the same, you know, restaurants, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, doing yeah. everything that you ever ask for. So I was just feel like, I, I tell those people now. If you feel like you're begging someone to give you stuff, it might be time for you to dip out because it's going to hurt when they do it for the next person because not, sometimes they do it. They give it to the next person because they live their lives like you are watching them. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to intentionally hurt you. You're yeah. like, I think you're watching me, so I'm gonna hurt your damn feelings. Yeah, you know, so they do that type of stuff. Yeah. Y'all sometimes you reach out and go, Why did you do this for her? You didn't do it for me. It's like, Well, you didn't deserve it. I'm yeah. doing it because I'm doing it for them because they deserve it. They didn't lie to me about who they were, blah, blah, blah. This dynamic.
0: Why the discard? So, you know, you touched on like the cycle of narcissistic abuse. But so when the discard happens, why does it always happen in that way where it needs to be like somebody needs to be discarded? And it's always, obviously, it's always painful, but it's never like a healthy breakup.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's never a healthy breakup and things like that. Once they get done with you, they're just done with you. Like I said, what I was saying earlier, to me, there's not just one type of discard. There's two different discards. They Mm -hmm. both can happen, but like the emotional discard comes before the physical discard. Mm-hmm. But the physical discard might not ever come. They might not ever get rid of you. You might be with this person, but they have emotionally just logged out of the relationship. Y'all go from lovers to roommates. You know what I mean? But y'all still there in the same household, still living together, still coexisting, co-parenting, whatever dynamic you have. Yeah. Y'all are still doing this together, but there's no intimacy. Y'all just like literally just roommates. Like, hey, what's the schedule like Boom, boom, boom. I'll get the kids. You get the kids. Blah, blah, blah. But they right. don't because once they image of you shatters. They feel like they have no more use for you. Why would I? You know, it's just kind of like you know, I don't want to see you anybody else. I might keep you around, Mm -hmm. but it's just like the emotions are gone. I resent you now. That type of stuff happened, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that definitely was my experience too. It was like he emotionally checked out like months before, and I kept trying to get it back. Like, oh, let's talk. Let's go to couples therapy. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, we we'd be in couples therapy, and the therapist would be like. What's going on? You know, like like it seems like something's off, and I'll be like, I definitely feel off right now. Like some, you know, and then he'd be like, No, I'm fine, perfectly fine. Get off the call, and it's like a three hour discussion about what I shouldn't have brought up in couples therapy. You know, it's like you embarrass them, yeah. So shamed him, (laughs) exactly. God forbid. So I know that we're like almost at time. One of the questions that I I wanted to make sure that I covered was: Does a narcissist really think that they are the victim?
1: A lot of times, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times they do feel like they're the victim of a certain, like self nurses is different. I know a lot of times I'm not the victim. I right. cannot paint myself as, cause I, I can, pay, so literally I can paint myself the victim of any type, any circumstance. I, I can do that right now. It's like, this happened because of this. It's not really my fault. But I talked to a guy a few minutes ago. I'm pretty sure he's a narcissist. He just swear up and down that his wife was. I was just like, bruh, do you know how this sounds right? You know, yeah. dude cheated on his wife with her best friend who his best friends were her husband this is like, somehow this wife made him do it. She's like, she took love away from me and now I'm sleeping with her best friend and I'm going to leave. So I'm like, I'm like yeah. them. you see what I'm saying? People play with her best friend. You know, her husband was my best friend. So we were all couple's friends and you know, took going behind each other's back. I was like, but it's her fault. I was like, okay. You see what I'm saying? That way-, yeah. <laughs> the way did you, did
0: you actually tell him? Like, were you like-
1: I didn't dude, tell him straight up. I was just leading him down the rabbit hole. I was like, you see how that sounds like you, you know, they can paint the picture of you being a narcissist in this situation because you could have slept with anybody else other than her best friend. Right. It's been going on for years, a couple of years. This is not just like, you didn't just make, it wasn't one time late, y'all were literally dating behind each other's back. Like, you knew you were doing it wrong, but he blamed her. It's just like, it's, it was pretty horrible. But it was kind of wild. But they can play a victim of the circumstances they create. Mm-hmm. I did it because of her, you know. And I was like, well, be prepared. for if, Like, if she wants to post this online, you're going to look like a narcissist. I'm just telling you straight up. So, right. I, yeah. So you think they do
0: think that they're the victim?
1: Yeah. He yeah. he literally believed that he was the victim. He had convinced himself that he was the victim in a certain time. Like a lot of times they will. They will just repeat it to themselves over and over again. till they believe it? You know, just like, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I did this because of her. I did this because of her. I did, this because of her. I did it because of her. I did it because of her. I did. I yeah. did do it because of her. So you convince yourself of it. Yeah, good. And he's adamant. I thought the women in the, in the same situation too, who I talked to, that think their boyfriend or husband is a narcissist, and they're just like, yeah. I, I've cheated four times, and every time he pushes me, me to the arms of another man, he finds out, and I just cry. And I was like,
0: What? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was so like, he, he, what, what? Four times? So he took you back? He's like, Yeah, he just, he loves me so much, and you know, I just, he feels bad for doing what he did to me to make me cheat four times. I like, What, what, whoa, 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 whoa. He feels bad. Yeah, because I cry, and I thought I was going to kill myself. I'm like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just it's not always cheating, but it's always some kind of dynamic that goes on with the situation. It's always something behind the scenes. You know what I mean? It's just like the shame that would come along with taking accountability hurts so bad, they were it's easier for them to play the victim of the circumstance. You know, I'm yeah. the same way. I just like I could do it, but playing the victim of circumstances I create now doesn't benefit me at all. You know, I would rather be honest and just because that's my platform is based on is honesty and just being upfront. What is going on in my mind? That's why I just told you I like I've done the same thing. I know yeah. I've done that before. I just like, I'm not the best narcissist guy. I don't do that stuff. You no, know? yeah, I, I have. That's how I know <laughs> what is going yeah. on. You know? That's just the way it goes. I'm not trying to absolve myself of doing it. I'm just explain, explaining to people why I do it. You know, some people will come on here and just like give excuses why narcissistic people behave the way they do. I'm just giving reasons behind it. I'm going to make this. Yeah. I'm like, this is the reason. Yeah, they had childhood trauma, but childhood trauma does not mean you get to treat somebody like crap. Right.
0: yeah and also i mean yeah. i have childhood trauma it doesn't mean that i get to like show up in the world and like be an asshole you know it's like i have to deal with my shit yeah you know and yeah. i don't know that was an issue that my ex and i went back and forth on a lot like because he would always talk about my trauma because i was like open about it and like yeah. killing it and in therapy and all these things and he would so be like an
1: issue right there you gave him you're yeah. the toxic person in relationship. you're in one of us is in therapy
0: yeah he was like i just shove and I the first the day we met actually he goes i just shove everything down and eventually oof. it goes away oof and I I remember like like have like we was a, a few drinks in and I was like, Well,
1: what? <laughs> yeah. I, I bet he glad you were a few drinks in because
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Like, I don't deal with my emotions. I just shove everything down. You know?
0: I just shove everything down, like and it just goes away and I'm like, What? And then like in the relationship, it's like, actually, no, it volcanoes out of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it it, go, it goes away it's just like, you know, dropping a mentos into a Coca Cola, you know. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it goes, yeah,
0: it's like, well, you <laughs> constantly have these explosions that you don't think are a problem. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah now his problem. You got to deal with them, so they're right. your problem. See,
0: yeah.
1: If you were not here, you the yelling and screaming would affect you. You chose to be here, so it's your fault. So, again.
0: If I no. wasn't in this conversation, he would have never gotten angry.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. You did this. You set it off. You dropped. You, again, you you dropped the mento into the uh into the yeah. So Yeah. You were the catalyst here.
0: Right. Right. Well, the question that I'll end on is that, like, in my experience, the new supply has not always been another person, but I know a lot of people think that it is. So. Is the new supply, in your perspective, always another person, or is it just another thing that's romanticized for them?
1: So typically, you would say it's another person, but I was just like so for me right now, if my wife were to leave, I wouldn't find somebody else right off. Could I? Yeah, probably, but like I said, I wouldn't find anybody right off. I would just focus on just building my stuff to yeah. target her. But that's how my mind works. But I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I don't, I don't. I don't think I've ever asked that question before. But um. It could be the kids. It could be something like that. It could be something else that they get validation in some sort, of source of validation from. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be another man or a woman. Okay. It could be your children. It could be the jobs, the source, or something like that. It could be something that they ever, you know, something that they get a massive support, supply from, or whatever. You know, massive validation from and things of that nature. Like that. Yeah.
0: So yeah, the day that like that same relationship ended, I remember like we talked like the next day, and he was like, "Well, I've already lost like three pounds," and I'm like, "We broke up yesterday."
1: <laughs> like say, uh, three three pounds
0: yeah he's uh, like and i'm like all right great and then he's like and then like the week after it was like oh i'm doing i'm like you definitely are putting all your mindset into fitness now and you think it's my fault <laughs> you know like yeah yeah
1: yeah breakers make bodybuilders oh here it is right. uh, yeah
0: well uh, Lee in the
1: gym <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was like this was great i've loved talking to you i could have do this for another hour i know people know how to reach you but can you tell you know i and also, do you mind touching on the Zoom sessions? Because I only know that because I went on your website this week to like think about this podcast. But mm. can you also talk about like the Zoom sessions that you offer as well as your social media channels?
1: So I do Zoom sessions. I do one-on-one Zooms so you just give people perspectives on what the mind of a narcissist, how narcissistic people might react or how you can prepare to deal with narcissists and things like that. Or people ask me like, does this sound narcissistic? Of course, I can't diagnose anybody. But I do give perspective on what could be going on in your relationship dynamic? You know, is this a tox- is this a toxic trait? Is this toxic behaviors and things like that? So I've been doing it for like I said, oh, it's been a long time now. I've talked to so many people. It's, it literally it's crazy, but I have a lot of experience. So many different experiences now. And I just feel like I've talked to so many people. I can help a lot more people now because I different people have brought to me different scenarios and different experiences. And I do keep in contact with people on social media, email, and stuff like that after the sessions. Just so I can see how things are going, you know, just in case I know one session might not be enough. And people, you know, it's just like, oh, well, session's over. Bye. Talk to you later. But like I said, like, you can always stay in contact with me. So I'm I'm all about trying to help more people. So I do that over Zoom different times and things of that nature. But that's available over Zoom from my website, mentalhealness.net. But yeah, like I said, you can find me online at mental illness on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I'm on Twitter a little bit more now and also on Facebook now. So I'm a little bit everywhere. Yeah, the same handle mic. everywhere, right? Yeah, same yeah. handle everywhere. Well, well, not on Instagram. Instagram has one additional S on it because yeah. there's a woman who claimed a name and she posts once every six months. And the name and won't,
0: won't give you the name. The <laughs>
1: name is dear to her heart, yeah. <laughs> and people will be tagging her, thinking it's me, and she'll tag me. Just give me the name. She's like, I think you meant to tag. Like she got, she went to the point of putting like, this is not the software narcissist in her bio. Just get. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's just trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is funny. though. I just we make a joke about it. Now. She'll tag me. She's like, I think you meant to tag this page. Yeah. yeah but it's all good. It's due right. to her heart. She can keep it. Like I said, she's okay with the tags and posting once or twice every three, four months. It's all good. Though. Yeah. Mental illness everywhere. I'll thank y'all. Hope i what you some perspective.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I know this is going to be helpful for so many people. And I'll put all your links in the show notes so people can easily find them.
1: Yay. I appreciate you.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: All right. You as well.
0: All right. Bye.